0: Comcast Business gives you more for your small business with our new gig speed Wi-Fi plus unlimited data.
1: Ask how to get up to a $750 prepaid card with a qualifying bundle. Ends 12-4-2022. Restrictions apply. Requires new gigabit extra bundle with two-year agreement.
2: Hi, welcome back to Office Chats, a podcast presented by Madam Blue. I'm your host, Valeria, and today's guest is Sarah Uslin. Sarah is a celebrity and editorial makeup artist that has worked with Beyonce, Florence Pugh, Emma Roberts, and Olivia Colman, just to name a few. Her work has also been featured on the red carpet and in magazines like Allure, Harper's Bazaar, L.G.Q., GQ, and more. In 2022, Sarah launched Lula, a beauty company that provides natural products made with nourishing botanicals and essential oils that make the skin glow. Lula's packaging is made with recyclable materials, and as part of their broader commitment to sustainability, they use a zero-waste platform to keep empty jars and bottles out of landfills. I'm so excited to talk to Sarah today about her career in the makeup industry, how she started Lula, her mission to create multi-generational good, and more. Sarah's mom, Nancy Uslin, also joined this episode to discuss her wonderful organization, New Global. New Global promotes global literacy and clean water initiatives in the United States and Rwanda. So they're partnering with Lula for a great cause this month that you'll learn more about in this episode. Let's get into the show. Thank you, Sarah, for joining me on the podcast. I'm so excited to talk about your journey to creating Lula and how you got started in the industry. But first, I would love it if you could just give an overview of your career background.
1: Absolutely. And thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm very honored to be a part of your show. And you know, I just think it's so cool, women supporting women with, um, with new ventures. And I'm just personally getting into podcasts myself. And I live in LA where there's traffic everywhere. Um, so it's been an absolute joy. And, and I'm so grateful to be here. So my journey started uh, about must be about sixteen years ago. It's weird to say that out loud. Um, and it started on the East Coast. I was at NYU at the time and I really wasn't too sure about what I wanted to do with my life and my career. Um, I loved art. I loved fashion. I was attracted to the the entertainment industry. But I wasn't too sure what area I would get involved in if I was to be involved with it. And at the time, NYU had a really great program, which is actually still going around, called uh, Gallatin, where you can create your own major. And so mine was fashion, entertainment, and public relations. When I was in school, I, I would look through all the fashion magazines, and I would look through like those thick, at the time they were thick, international magazines where They would compile all of the um, amazing archives of runway shows, and I would tear out images where I loved the clothes and I loved the makeup, and, um, you know, I think that's really where the inspiration started, but I couldn't pinpoint what I wanted to do. And by participating in that program at Gallatin at NYU, I was able to really kind of figure out what I didn't want to do first, right? So I I interned in the fashion world for a designer and I was like, you know, this is great, but I don't see myself ever really taking off as a designer. I interned in PR for a little bit. And again, it it was interesting, but it didn't like capture my heart. And in my final year at NYU, I had this amazing opportunity to connect with Bobbi Brown, the makeup artist. Um, she happened to be from my same hometown in Montclair, New Jersey. And through mutual friends, I was able to meet her. Um, and, you know, makeup was something that I just loved, but I never really thought that I could make a career out of it. And by meeting Bobby, it was that first realization of, oh, you could do more than just work at a counter or, which isn't a bad thing. It's the great thing if that's what you love to do. Um, But I was just always more motivated to do makeup in different areas, right? So the fashion side of it, like Bobby was doing the Today Show at the time and those things to me really stood out as wow this is so cool I really want to do this To make a long story short I ended up becoming her assistant which was an incredible experience and I was able to look up to her as a role, a role model for an artist who became an entrepreneur and who really you know launched way more um, than just a makeup line it was really. You know, Bobbi Brown became this idea that women could be beautiful as they were. That was something that I took with me as I evolved in my career. So I I initially was her assistant and then I became a global artist for her. I traveled internationally. I taught makeup to other artists and then I would go in store and I would hold classes with customers. Um, And it was just this really amazing experience. And as I said, it was like, one day we would do QVC and the next day we would do the Today Show and then we would do Fashion Week. So all of these elements of travel and incorporating fashion and incorporating entertainment kind of came together. And that's like when it hit me, not only did I realize, wow, I'm really good at this because I, I could see that I had the eye, right? I could, I when Bobby would educate her artists and she would point things out, um, I was already looking at her critiques. So I knew I had the eye, but then I also realized this is my passion. Um, and that's, that's really where it all began. Um, and then shortly after I realized that, I moved all the way to Los Angeles and I left Bobby and I, I had to kind of start again um, with this new knowledge of, I'm super passionate about makeup. I know that this is it for me. um, But now I'm on the other coast. And how can I really carve my own career and my own name for myself?
2: Was the move to Los Angeles because you knew you wanted to work in the entertainment
1: industry? I wish that was the answer. The real answer is that I followed an ex. (laughs) At the time I was 23. And I thought, you know, that was the right move for me. And you know, I remember very clearly Bobby going, what are you doing? You're, you're my new it girl. Like you, you're going to pick up and just leave everything and go. And, um, the relationship didn't last long, but my love for LA became very clear, very fast. And despite it being harder, because at the time it was very divided, the like right now, as a makeup artist, you can bounce back and forth to coast. You can have the same business on both sides. But, you know, 15, 16 years ago, if you were a New York makeup artist, you were New York. And if you were LA, you were LA. And, um, you know, I just remember my New York friends and associates being like, why would you do that? Why would you go to LA? Like there was this It was almost like this impression that LA, there was like a cheese element, a cheesiness to it. The funny thing is now most of those friends are out here. Um, Everybody migrated out to LA. Uh, But yeah, I, I I had to start fresh and it was hard. I had no idea how to make connections. And I didn't know if I wanted to do makeup for film or television or if I wanted to stay on this freelance path. So I had to learn all of that once I got out here by meeting people, making mistakes, having some good luck in between and really figuring it out.
2: I love that your story shows that everything happens for a reason, just because a relationship didn't end up working out like it it took you there for another purpose in your life. So when bad things happen at the time, we think they're bad, but it's really sometimes a blessing in disguise.
1: Absolutely. I still have to remind myself that, you know, (laughs) there, there are still moments. I mean, this is the natural part of life where something feels so bad or, you know, like such a disappointment, you can't see through the fog, you know, in the moment, but yeah, looking back, on all of those, you know, points in my life and in my career that got me to where I am. None of this would be here if I had not followed this guy who didn't treat me so well out to LA and made a quote unquote bad choice, you know, um, of of getting in that relationship. But I learned from it, it brought me here. Six months after that, I met my current husband who I now have two kids with Um, and yeah, I, I, am a full believer in the universe. Mm -hmm. That's
2: awesome. Okay. So you get to LA, you're trying to decide what path you want to take. Is it freelance? Um, Is it red carpet? How do you establish yourself in, on the other side of the country? And then when did you get the idea for creating your own brand, your own beauty
1: brand? um, So there was, it was, there were many years in between. I've been out in LA for 13 years. um, Yeah. 13 years. So, um, almost 14. So there were many years between figuring all that out. And now, you know, six months ago, I, I launched my beauty brand, um, my clean beauty brand. So basically I ended up in LA and again, I knew no one. And I remember calling Bobby Brown and saying, I think I made the worst decision. I'm so sorry. You were right. I was wrong. And she was like, Sarah, I don't really like, I have nothing to offer you in LA I'm here. And she's like, I can, I can try and introduce you to, you know, somebody, a manager at, at one of the department stores. And I had never worked at a department store. I had gone in to teach makeup or to do, you know, events, but I had never actually worked there. And so. I took it because I was like, this is, you know, the only option for me right now. And I ended up becoming the manager of a Bobby Brown counter at Saks Fifth Avenue in Beverly Hills. And it was in 2007 and eight when the economy was terrible. So It was the slowest, most boring experience, (laughs) Um, if not for the store or the uh, cosmetic department manager, whose name is Bill Geraci. I, I still keep in touch with Bill. He was my number one advocate. And he kept saying to me, stick through it, go, you know, do whatever it takes. And, you know, it was one of those things where I I landed in a spot where I I didn't like the actual experience, but what it did was it allowed me to meet a ton of people. And if you can imagine, you know, the people that come in or especially in the early 2000s that went into a department store because online shopping wasn't what it was um, in Beverly Hills at Saks Fifth Avenue. You know, I met a lot of really interesting people in the entertainment industry, in the music world, in the arts and the fashion world. It allowed me to start to build my network. You know, and then I would meet somebody, and they'd say, "Oh, you are so good at doing makeup. Can you do this event and that event and this event?" And next thing you know, like I'm, I'm getting called to do makeup for various things and various clients. And because the entertainment world is so small, all of a sudden I'm networking with other makeup artists who are doing shows, you know, and coming into Saks to shop and pick up and buy things that they can't necessarily buy at the makeup artist stores um like you know clay Poe or these kinds of brands and it allowed me to meet you know just this incredible group of of other artists and i i remember my f- first big job was assisting the makeup artist at the time for the britney spears circus video and the cosmetic department store manager bill said absolutely take the day off, do whatever you have to go and do it. And it was things like that, that just got my name in the door, you know, got my foot in and I started to build my name. Um, And then I had this really, I thought it was a really great idea. Um, Looking back, it was a little too early because it was basically like creating a business that was like the glam app or one of these you know, now apps where you could go on and you can book a makeup artist and and you can book a hairstylist and a nail tech. So that was my idea, but it wasn't, you know, it was before apps and it was before social media. Um, So I I partnered with a girl and we opened up this business um, at uh, hair salons. The first one was this hair salon called Warren Tracomi at the time, um, which is no longer around. And the other one was Serge Normand at John Frieda, And that was on Melrose Place. And so by having this business idea and going in and saying, okay, we're going to do whatever you guys don't offer, we will provide. So I hired a team. It was like an A team I had at the time. Spray tanning was huge. Everybody was, you know. Fake tanned, um, but I sourced the most beautiful organic one that gave you know a gorgeous kind of goldeny natural glow versus orange. Um, I found amazing nail techs and uh, makeup and brows, and so we really provided this kind of full service situation. And we would go into the salons, but we would also be available to go to people's homes. And that was like the next phase of building my network and building my name. And when we were at Serge Normand at John Frida, I really got to know Serge. And if you're not familiar with Serge Normand, look him up. He is one of the most magnificent, um, incredibly talented hairstylists. Ever. Um, He's worked with Julia Roberts for years and Sarah Jessica Parker, and he's just like a mastermind of hair. Um, And Serge helped me a lot, and he took me under his wing and he said, You know what? I want to introduce you to my agent. And um, that was how I got my first agent. And once you get representation as a makeup artist, that's when your career just grows to the next level. Um, because the agencies are the ones really in the know of the jobs, and they can really get your name out there, and then I started doing more red carpets, and more fashion, and more music, and and you know, I I grew my career from there. I know you maybe don't want to brag on yourself, but
2: I'm going to make you. <laughs> so who are? can you just give our listeners an idea of like some of the clients you've worked with, and some of the events you were doing? I know you mentioned like Britney Spears circus. That's iconic, but I know there's so many more
1: for that one. That was, that was a long time ago. And I was an assistant, which I think is the best thing you can do. If you're a makeup artist and you're out there and you're listening to this, you know, um, makeup schools are charging so much money and nothing against makeup schools. I think it's a great place to start, but assist, like get out there. Um, now we have social media. You can connect with incredible artists by DMing them, you know, get in their DMs and hit them up and, and assist, assist, assist. So um, yes, going back, I started at uh, making connections, meeting people. I got my agent. Um, I began working at the time I was working with an actress named Rose McGowan. She was, I guess, my first real celebrity that I started working with. But then, you know, doors open and you just end up meeting people. Um, I've gotten to work with Beyonce, which was an incredible experience. A few times I wasn't her regular makeup artist ever, but it was a really incredible experience. And the timing of that just so happened to be the same time that my other client who's an actor named Olivia Coleman won her Oscar. So I had just gotten in with Beyoncé and then um, my agent got the call saying that, you know, she would work with me and this next event but it was the same week that Olivia was attending the Oscars and I couldn't do it. And I was like, who turns down that? But, um, but it was it ended up being just the most incredible week because Olivia won. And I don't, I'm i sure some of your, your listeners probably saw that, but she's just an in, absolutely incredible um, client of mine, Michelle Monahan, amazing human being, just like the most wonderful person. Uh, I've worked with Emma Roberts, uh, Solange, uh, Beyonce's sister. Um, I've worked with a singer named Tori Kelly for years and years and years. And she's just, again, a wonderful human being. So many people. And I think that's the thing. When you're, you're a makeup artist in this town, it seems like it's such a big town, but at the end of the day, there's so much work for everyone. So you might do a client that a friend of yours does. And, you know, maybe you're booked with so-and-so on that day. So they do it. And so there's a real camaraderie as well um, with amongst artists in town, but to go back in, in what you were saying about how did I go from there to launching my brand? I take it back to the roots, right. Of this mentorship that I have with Bobby and this understanding of, um, you can create something beyond just your hands. That was always in the back of my head, but I had multiple authentic occasions where I would look through my makeup bag for a product and it wouldn't exist. It wasn't there. One of the first products I came up with in the line is called the Beyond Bomb, And this product in particular, I was on set. And I was working with a model and we were on a beach and I wanted her skin to look glowing and beautiful and radiant without having to use foundation, tinted moisturizer, highlighter. Um, So I looked into my skin kit and I didn't see anything, nothing like popped out at me. And so I ended up blending my own balm. I took my lip balms, my burpees, lip balms, and I mixed it with some oils that I had in my kit. And that is what I used on this model all day long. At the end of the day, when she really said, Sarah, my, my skin looks incredible. It feels incredible. Usually after a long day of shooting, I want to go home and like jump in the shower, but my skin feels so good. And it was that drive home that really inspired the whole brand because I thought you know, this is something that I think there there could be a need for, like a multifunctional balm. And that was the first rendition of what is now our Beyond Balm. That was what inspired Lula.
2: For people that are not familiar with what your products consist of, can you give us an overview of like the natural ingredients you use and the other yes. two
1: products that you have available? Absolutely. So the balm, as I mentioned, um, and the line is called Lula, um named after my daughter Tulula. and we we'll, we can come back to that because it's not just named after her for you know the purpose of naming it after her it's really because i wanted to um, focus on this idea and this concept of multi-generational good, but going back, um, the beyond bomb was the first one. And as I said, she, the, the model was talking about how good her skin felt. So I really looked at a lot of bombs and I, and you know, there were bombs out there that were made of petroleum. A lot of them had, um, coconut oil, which I'm not against, but it just was too greasy. And, uh, I, I, kind of concocted this, this bomb of shea butter and beeswax, and then some key oils. That was what, you know, how it came together. My skin is epically dry. And I've always had a challenge of keeping it moisturized, um, which is slightly different than hydrated. So hydrating is when you're lacking water. Moisturizing is when you're, um, you know, it's oil. So if you're dehydrated, You're lacking water in your skin. If you're dry, you're lacking oil in your skin. I had turmeric oil at the time that I was really loving because it's a great anti inflammatory. Avocado oil, I had just gone to Whole Foods and purchased an avocado oil and I was mixing it. Um, CBD oil, rose hip, grape seed, jojoba, all of these oils really came together in our potion serum. It is this beautiful, rich, uh, active botanical blend. And we have a very uh, light amount of essentials because essentials can be polarizing for people. Some people love them. Some people hate them. I always felt like in between my skin could be sensitive if there was a high level. So I worked with the lab to create a very light, light blend so that it wouldn't irritate anyone's skin. And that's how we created the potion and then the third product so we only have three is our hand and body lotion and also that came out of an another authentic situation because as a makeup artist you are very responsible for the legs and the decollete and the arms just as much as you are the face and uh there were multiple occasions where i ran to the pharmacy last minute before a job and grabbed the first moisturizer off the shelf. And then I'd apply it to my red carpet client and then be shocked and horrified when they smelled like a Jolly Rancher and I sent them on the red carpet and just felt tremendously guilty for it. So I wanted to create a beautifully light, super moisturizing and hydrating because it has squalene, which can be very hydrating as well. Um, uh, moisturizer that had this beautiful Lula blend. And that blend is consistent in all three skews and it has rosemary, um, lavender, bitter orange, um, bergamot, a little bit of lemon. And it's just really lovely and refreshing and very grounding, um, which is an important, it's an important effect of the Lula lineup that um, that I spoke to the lab with and I really wanted to create this grounding experience
2: all the products are very relaxing to me like when I put them on it just smells like I'm in a spa so I definitely got that feeling and um I also want to mention for anyone who's interested like these all are multi-purpose which is really yeah. cool and unique so like the potion serum you mentioned we can use it on like cuticles and like Absolutely. skin Yeah So I yeah. honestly love when products do that because you get so much more from your money when you can like use it all over your body for
1: different things well, you know that was part of it. At the time that I developed the line, I had become a, a new mom to my daughter Talula, who's now six, and now I have um, two children. I have a six-year-old and then a one-year-old as well. And uh, you know, in addition to just being a makeup artist, being a mom is also very intense and very demanding. And I would be sent all of these products from so many brands, you know, they would do these mass send outs and I'd look through my cabinets and I'd be overwhelmed with, okay, I have to do this step and then this step and then this step and then that step. And I mean, I just remember at the time, my daughter was about two when this all began. Um, and I just thought I need that one product I can grab and like get, run out the door and my skin looks good and I feel good that's really what the bomb became for me and the oil as well. But there's so many ways that you can use them, right? So right now the the TikTok quote unquote trend is called slugging and it's using Vaseline to seal in your makeup. And I'm really trying to get it out there that you don't slug with petroleum, slug with something like, our balm, which is beeswax and shea butter and all these incredible oils, um, because you're just gonna add richness to the skin. So if you love your moisturizer, still use it, but then use this afterwards. And what it does is it basically seals it all off. So it allows what's underneath to penetrate even more, but then you also have the ingredients in the actual product penetrating. So when you wake up, you're, you're just, you've given yourself a treatment overnight. Um, the oil, as you said, you can use it on your face. You can add drops to the hand and body lotion to thicken it up, to richen it. Um, you can use it. My friends who are hairstylists that I work with for, you know, red carpet stuff, uh, and fashion stuff, they use it on their hair and highly recommend it. Um, and you know, it's just this really great way of, um, again, hitting multi issues all at once.
2: Yeah, I haven't tried it on my hair, but I'm going to do that tonight. Now that you yeah. said that, it's a good idea. Yeah, take a little bit. Just get it on the ends. the ends. Yeah, Yeah,
1: it's it's a wonderful treatment for hair.
2: Well, you mentioned being a mom. And I know that in addition to running your business, you're still working as a celebrity makeup artist. So I'm wondering how you manage it all. And if there's any advice you can share for working moms out there.
1: Uh, um. Well, there is definitely no um, uh, easy way of managing it all. And, you know, I think when we first met, I mentioned to you because we were I was running out the door, I think, to a music class and I was talking to you and I was like, I'm so sorry. Um, It's chaos. And it's most uh, it's mostly chaos most of the time. So, um, you know, we get to see like the highlighted, uh, aspects of everyone's life on Instagram and it, it looks like it's easier and it looks like it's all great and fun, but there are t- days where I'm trying to get out the door to a job and my son is having an absolute meltdown and my daughter's crying and, you know, and it's overwhelming and it's hard and, I don't think it's easy for anyone. And I think people who say it's easy, either they're lying or I need, like, I need their number because I need to call them and get some tips. Uh, For me, the best way to manage wearing so many hats is just taking it moment by moment and step by step and doing my very, very best to plan in advance And that's the only way that I've been able to do this. And also, like leaning on, I call them my village. So, my parents, I'm so lucky because they have been out in LA. They moved out here when my daughter was six months old. Um, They still have their place in the East Coast, but they spend most of their time out here. You know, I have the most incredible woman who is helping me raise my children, Emily, who started as a nanny and is now part of our family. Um, And, you know, obviously my husband. So it really, really takes a village. Some weeks will be light with makeup work and I'll be able to focus on the brand and other weeks, you know, I have a shoot every day and, you know, the girl who helps me on on the brand, Giovanna, she's like, I'm like, help me, you know, you got to handle this. And she's like, I got you. So it's a lot of flexibility and having great people in your life helping you and lifting you up. It
2: is easy, like you said, to look at pictures on Instagram and just like think that life is kind of like a highlight reel where everything's perfect. So yeah. I appreciate you being like honest
1: and sharing that's not always perfect. And sometimes it's a struggle. Yeah. And it's fine. It's true. Trying to find the comedy in it. This past Oscar weekend with Olivia, my husband had to be in South Africa with his family. So it was just me and the two kids. And um, Emily, our, our amazing nanny, was there to help us as well or help me out but it was a comedy act getting out the door. I mean, my son, I was changing his diaper and he peed on me and, you know, I tried to get all my bags in the car. One fell over and all my makeup brushes spilled out. There are so many times like that, I think as a working mother and, you know, just anybody who's trying to to multitask where you can take that moment and you can sit down and cry, which I've done, or you can, just find the comedy in it and say, well, what are you going to do, you know, and move and move forward. And so that is where I, my intentions are. It's trying to spin it as this seems so hard, but find the comedy in it. And, you know, it's, it's a short phase in life where, you know, the kids are going to need this much attention and the the job is going to need this amount of attention because I'm hoping that I can expand and have more people helping me in the future.
2: Yeah. Well, I honestly can't believe that you launched just six months ago. I mean, the website social media even the packaging is just so well done and beautiful and there's so much thought put into everything like I didn't want to throw the box or the anything away when I received it because I was like this is so pretty the packaging is sustainable and you guys have a strong commitment to that you mentioned creating a brand that has like a mission for generational good and you also have like an empty bottling recycling program so can you speak to that mission and why that was so important to you
1: Yes, as you said, the boxes, right? That was, that was something that I envisioned because everybody is like really into Marie Kondo and the organization. And I thought, you know, we all, like when you open up a cosmetic box, it's a box, but it's a foldable carton. So people just chuck it out. And I thought, how do I create a box that people don't want to check out and would rather be used and beneficial in a storage capacity? I mean, you go to the container store and you buy a box, right? So why not get something, you know, when you buy the product? That's really why, like, as you could see, they're on display here because I take them, I razor out the inside, and then I use them for my makeup to organize things. Um, but sustainability was always something that was on my mind when I first came up with that idea of like, okay, this bomb is great. Now what? So then it's, what is the brand and what does it look like? What does it feel like? What is the mission? And, uh, that is a really wonderful exercise that took me quite a bit of time, but in, in naming the brand first and foremost, Again, I named it after my daughter, Tulula, but the, there was this idea of, you know, I'm only on this earth for a certain amount of time and I'm hoping that I can launch a brand that will last more than my lifetime. And I wanted that reminder of how do we create something that not only, you know, does well as a beauty brand, but it's a domino effect of goodness out there in the universe. Um, So I named it Lula as that gentle reminder of constantly think about multi-generational good, about what you're doing and and trying to be better, right? That's always a learning process. And this is my first rodeo here. So I'm also learning. Um, But where the easiest place to start was in the sustainability of the packaging. So it was working with the uh, product manager at the time to source packaging that was recyclable. Um, and we, we went with recyclable glass and then I really had this vision for how it, it looked. Um, obviously as a makeup artist, you know, the way that it looked was really important, but I had to be flexible because I, I couldn't necessarily get it exactly the way that I wanted because that would require the extra amount of coating That would then turn the bottle from recyclable to not recyclable so it was something that was a part of the conversation from the beginning so the primary packaging is recyclable the um, exterior packaging that we were just talking about the box is something that i was hoping i could show to people you don't have to throw it away you can use it in your home you know as a organization box But if you did throw it away, it is FSC certified paper. um, So you can fully recycle it as well. I um, teamed up with TerraCycle, which is this great organization. And I know your your listeners can't see this, but you could see this cardboard box in my office here. The idea is if you're not too sure how to recycle the product, create a bag. I don't know if you like do Nespresso, but Nespresso sends a bag and you fill it with your Nespresso pods, put all of your products, whether it's Lula or it's another brand, whether it's Bobby Brown, put all of your products in a bag, send it to our office and we'll send it into TerraCycle and they will recycle it properly. In terms of the actual formulations, that was also um, really thought out in, in the sense of sustainability and water. So water became a conversation before the brand even started because of my mom. And my mom discovering her passion later in life um, when she took a trip to Rwanda. The trip was intended to see the mountain gorillas in the wild. Um, but in the process, she fell in love with the people and the communities surrounding the um, gorilla track she realized through that process, it was a big learning experience that there is a lack of clean water, um, a major lack of clean water and all the domino effects of that. When you don't have clean water, what does that mean? Well, obviously people are sick. Usually they send the females out to go and get the water. And as a result, there's abuse and you know crimes against um, the females that occur it's just a domino effect and actually my mom is here and I want to bring her into this conversation um, because I would love for her to share you know, her part in that. But before we get into that, water was always something that was on my mind. And so the balm is a completely anhydrous product, right? There's no water in there. And then the potion and, and the lotion have a, a very light amount of water. And that's a conversation that I wanted to continue as the brand grows, like as we develop more products, because the beauty industry is one of like the leading offenders in water waste. And there's a lot of conversation about water, about oceans, but there's not as much in the beauty industry about clean water. We're trying to focus like next phases on developing more anhydrous options and uh, being considerate of water waste but we've also teamed up with my mom. This month, we're offering 20% off when you buy the Lula lineup, which is the three SKUs and $5 goes to New Global, which my mom is here to kind of help talk about that. That offer, by the way, if you put in the code Earth Day is through the month of April.
2: Well, thank you, Nancy, for joining us. I would love if you could share a little bit about New Global, how you started and your partnership with Lula. That would be amazing.
0: Well, it was um, uh, it was just a kind of a fluky thing that I ended up in Rwanda. It was an invitation that I couldn't pass up. And I thought that I was just going to visit uh, the endangered mountain gorillas, the ones that Diane Fossey had died for. Um, This was back in 2005. And I thought that I was just going to be spending time with the gorillas in the wild, which was truly amazing. And what resulted was a complete change in my life's pathway. Um, I fell in love with the people. I got involved with providing literacy, um, uh, uh, original content books to uh, children there because they don't own any books. And on my many trips to Rwanda, I noticed that there were an awful lot of kids that were missing from school. So on investigation, I found out that most of them were missing school because they were ill from waterborne disease. Um, At the time I was involved with a couple school systems there and I decided, well, I can't have that. So I found a way to bring water to two communities in Rwanda. And life completely changed for them, completely. Because when you bring clean water to a community, residents are no longer sick. Kids get to attend school. They get to study during daylight hours because during daylight hours, they normally would fetch water. So it saves their vision because they don't have to do homework under candlelight and girls are no longer in jeopardy of rape because they don't have to uh, take the long uh, walks to fetch water. Uh, Communities grow. Economies flourish. People move to areas where there is clean water. Everything changes. With those water projects, I decided I wanted to do uh, as many as I could. As of last week, I will be doing two more water projects. Those are very special because I have a love of not only people, but of animals. And these two water projects will be taking place in two neighboring villages that border the Virunga Mountains in Rwanda. And what's happening is that the people are um, crossing the border illegally into the national park and taking water from the clean water sources in the national park. And in doing so, they're disrupting the flora and the fauna of the national park. Uh, it's a dangerous trek for them to do that. And they are also taking the water away from the animals that need their water. These two projects then will stop that activity and then will also benefit the communities in the ways that I mentioned before. So this will, these will be two additional um, projects that I'm gonna be doing.
2: How do you help these communities access clean water?
0: Well, the northern part of Rwanda is all volcanic rock. Rwanda is made up of volcanoes. And you cannot drill through volcanic rock. So I have a partnership with a water organization in Rwanda. What we do is that uh, they identify the, uh, the villages that are in need. And then we pipe the water from a government-run clean water source to the village. But the cool thing is, is that once it gets to the village outskirts, then the villagers take it from there. So the entire village will jump in and they will dig the ditches to lay the pipe so that we could build the water kiosks for the village so they they are very much a part of the process and value it more than by being a part of the process
1: and it's not just um they're not just wells these are actual yes these
0: are these are actual they're they're called water kiosks because it's a little building and oh. the little building has water spigots on the outside it has a window a picture window and there's a uh, an attendant that is inside the little building and the water is not free but the village people set the price of the water so that everybody can afford the water so the money that they spend for the water and they tell them how much how many jugs need to be filled that money goes to pay the attendant and to take care of the uh, the support and maintenance of the actual pipe in the system. They are able to, again, not get it for free. They will value it more, but they feel good about what they're doing because they're contributing toward their own community. With the help of LULA, I'm hoping to continue my efforts to bring clean water to communities in Rwanda. And also we'll try to uh, circle around and possibly help bring clean water to communities in the U.S. because there are so many cities and towns in the U.S. that are in need of clean water also. Um, And if not for my incredible daughter um, (laughs) and and looping me into what she's doing, um, it would be much more difficult for me to do what I'm doing, but I am uh, graced by her presence Mm -hmm. and her desire to wanna help the world And it is just, um, it's an amazing um, uh, thing for a mom to see and feel from her daughter. Yeah, I'm also gonna do a Lula pitch. (laughs) And that pitch is, and this is, I'm totally impartial, obviously. (laughs) Every night before I go to bed, no matter how tired I am, I do not go to bed any longer without doing my Lula routine. Because if I don't do it, I notice the way my skin feels when I wake up the next morning. And it is truly
1: uh, an, an amazing product. I promise I didn't pay her to say that.
2: <laughs> Thank you so much, Nancy, for sharing that. I really appreciate you joining. I, I told Sarah I'd never
1: had a mother-daughter duo on the podcast. It so was super <laughs> exciting. And I, and I know that um, you know this isn't just about us blabbering about how much we adore each other but my mom (laughs) is I think my mom is just the coolest person uh in the whole wide world and that she devoted her whole life to uh to raising us until she was at a time probably most people would kind of be retiring and then devoted her whole life into uh helping others and the amount of people she has helped I really truly didn't get a grasp for it until I went to Rwanda myself and a whole entire village turned out to celebrate <laughs> their, they call mama, Nancy, And it was singing and dancing. And I mean, how cool is it, this, this like woman, you know, who's like undercover, uh, you know, nobody really knows, we get there and an entire village is celebrating my mom, which is, is uh, exactly what she deserved and continues to deserve. So yeah, this was, this was a special topic, uh, the water project and including water and how cool to name it after my daughter and get to work with my mom on this. You know the products are not just completely random products. It's somebody who isn't in touch with the beauty community made. I mean these are products that came out of a need. We say they were makeup artist inspired because I think some people are like, "Wow, you're a makeup artist, but you came up with skincare." But actually, I am with clients every day. I see every skin type, texture, issue. I've really become such an expert at, you know, working with skin that uh, I'm really proud of these three products because I think they're just absolutely beautiful. If you look at opportunities like this Earth Day offer, you're not just buying stuff for yourself, but you're sending Mm -hmm. money to wonderful organizations like like New Global.
2: Sarah, your kids have two incredible women to look up to. It's Uh so amazing what both of you all are doing. Um, I'm wondering if you can share any upcoming goals or plans that you have for Lula, like maybe where you see the company in the next five years. Absolutely.
1: Um, Well, my goal would just be to to build, right? And to grow. Um, At the end of the day, this is a small business and I have a whole new level of empathy for small business owners when you're in a world of big business um so you know i am out there trying to grow brand awareness and get it into people's hands um and at the same time i'm i guess my quote unquote competitor are these huge massive brands you know that are backed by l'oréal and and various majors uh, major major companies and you know we're basically competing for for space so it comes with its challenges But what has been so cool is that um, in a completely organic way, I think 80% of our sales have been through organic social media. We're growing this cult following um, where people are getting products. They're loving the products. They're telling their friends and they're buying it. So I would just love to be able to grow the business, get it into more hands. I would love to be able to launch much more of a range of products because not, not that I want to um, overload anybody anybody with a routine, but in my dream of dreams, it's creating exactly what I would take on a weekend getaway, right? So if I had a cosmetic bag, the reason why I created the bomb, the, the potion, and the, the lotion, I would bring those three products on a getaway. But what would complete that? even beyond the face, you know, maybe it's a deodorant, maybe it's like a couple of multi-purpose makeup items. um, And that would be so fun for me to really get into and develop. And then, you know, it's this this, uh, new global partnership. It would be truly incredible if we can get to a place of business where we can start really giving back a substantial amount that we can start building these water projects completely backed by the brand and that would just be a dream it would be a dream come true
2: I would love to try anything else you create I love these products already so so much and I think with your like philosophy behind your business I feel like if more companies thought that way the world would be honestly be a better place especially you know like big corporations that have the means to give back sometimes they don't so it's always really inspiring to see small business owners doing that Thank you so much. I like to close out each episode by asking our guests to provide a piece of advice for the audience. So I'm wondering, has there been a memorable moment in your career journey where you learned a valuable lesson on entrepreneurship that someone else would benefit from knowing? So much,
1: <laughs> <laughs> so much. Um, you know, one of the things that you you talk about, like the future of Lula. Um, I I would also love to be in a in a place where I could help innovators and artists because as an artist, uh, as an innovator, as somebody who doesn't go to, you know to business school per se, but yet has an idea for something, you feel almost like desperate to find the business people who will believe in you, right? You you feel desperate for to take your idea and and how do you get it from from the beginning, from this idea to fruition without really understanding business. In those situations, it could be easy to not only make mistakes, but not necessarily see, you know, red flags in relationships. And it took me a very long time because I had this idea and I needed to partner with people that believed in it. It took me a long time of like vetting and making sure that I was going to be in, in good hands and that my idea would get to the finale exactly how I had envisioned it. So, you know, along that process, I, uh, I, you know, made mistakes, but I also made great decisions. And I think that is my, my thing for anyone who has an idea. It's, value yourself and your idea and sometimes you might feel backed in a corner because you think you're an artist and you might only have one chance to you know get your vision to fruition but value yourself enough to make sure that every person from developing the product, to doing, working with the brand ID, to the people you hire to work for you, like fully vet them, Um, and again, this isn't to say that, like, uh, it's not to put a negative spin on it, it's just, I, I think artists need protection, and that would be, that would be my biggest advice, and that would be what I would love to, it's like, let me um, get to a place where I can start giving free classes on business. Uh, there's so much l- that I learned. My learning curve over the past six months is like a direct line, straight up. And it's only because when I started this process, I didn't have the confidence to look at like a PL, which is, you know, your your master budgeting sheet and and think that I could do it because I always thought, well, I'm an artist and those are numbers and we don't meet, you know? But now I do. And it was, it took being thrown in the driver's seat to understand that you can do anything. You have to just believe in yourself. You have to protect yourself and your community and your idea. And you can really do anything that you believe in. So that would be it. <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And also, if there is anyone listening, feel free to reach out to me. Again, I'm happy to give free advice. I know I'm a mom, a makeup artist, and a founder. And so there's, there's not so, so much time often in a day. So if you can bear with me, and maybe if you don't hear back right away, um, give it a second. But I am so happy and down to give, to give that advice.
2: Awesome. Well, Sarah and Nancy, thank you both for joining me on the podcast today. It's been a pleasure learning more about Lula and New Global. Um, I would love it if you could let everyone know where they can
1: keep up with you and your brand online, on social media, everything like that. You can follow me on Instagram and it's Sarah with an H at the end, Uslin, U S. L-A-N. So at Sarah Uslin And then my brand is at we are, A-R-E Lula, L-U-L-A. So at we are Lula. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm grateful for the, the followers. And, you know, I'm also great for the community and to hear feedback and to hear maybe there's a product that you guys are, are wanting to see. So let me know for sure and then my mom who's not on social media very often <laughs> has you do have one for new global i do and yes. that's
0: yes
1: at new global right it's it's newglobal.com but that's the website your yep. instagram is at new global is it i think so <laughs> <laughs> This is something that this yeah. is something I'm this trying is, to make time for is to is help a, my mom with social media with generational you know <laughs> difference here.
0: right here in your face <laughs> generational difference. Well, I'll
1: make sure
2: um, all the links are available for everyone to check out. But thank you guys both so much. This has been one of my favorite interviews so far. It's oh been a gosh, pleasure. So honored.
1: Thank you so much. It has been fun.
2: Thank you so much to Sarah and Nancy for joining me on the podcast and thank you to everyone listening. I hope you join us on the next Office Chats episode.